It's April 15th, 2022, and this is your Ukraine Daily Brief from the DSR Network. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Before we begin, as the stories in Ukraine and around the world are evolving, the Ukraine Daily Brief will be evolving as well. Starting next week, we're going to be expanding the scope of the show to cover issues happening in other regions of the world. We'll still cover updates on Ukraine, but you can also expect us to talk about issues like the COVID outbreak in Shanghai, the protests in Sri Lanka, and the election in France, all in less than 10 minutes. So stay tuned as we transition, and let us know what you think at udb at thedsrnetwork.com. Our top story today, the flagship of Russia's Black Sea fleet has been sunk. Russia claimed that the sinking was caused by a fire that detonated the ship's stored ammunition. The Ukrainians claimed that they hit the ship with a cruise missile. Either way, it is the largest ship to be sunk in any war in 40 years, and will have a major impact on Russian morale. Yesterday, at an event at Georgia Tech, CIA Director William Burns said the threat of Russia potentially using tactical or low-yield nuclear weapons in Ukraine cannot be taken lightly, but the CIA has not seen a lot of practical evidence reinforcing that concern. He also noted that despite rhetorical posturing by the Kremlin about putting the world's largest nuclear arsenal on high alert, we haven't seen a lot of practical evidence of the kind of deployments or military dispositions that would reinforce that concern. Russian officials on Thursday accused Ukraine of sending helicopters to bomb a town in the southern Bryansk region about six miles from the border. This appeared to be the first time that Moscow has officially accused Ukrainian armed forces of flying helicopters into Russia to carry out an attack. In response, Russia has struck what it described as a military facility on the outskirts of Kyiv and warned that military strikes on the Ukrainian capital, quote, will increase in response to the commission of any attacks by the Kyiv nationalist regime of a terrorist nature or sabotage on Russian territory. In comments prior to getting on Air Force One, President Biden confirmed that the administration is looking into sending officials to Ukraine. When asked if he was ready to go himself, he said, yeah. Moldova said on Wednesday that reports that Russia's army was trying to recruit Moldovan citizens were dangerous and that it was regularly discussing all matters of concern with Russian officials in response to a question about the Ukrainian war. Moldova's foreign minister said that, quote, There are a series of regular meetings between my colleagues at the foreign ministry and the ambassador of the Russian Federation, where Moldova is clearly articulating its position, end quote. Moscow's foreign ministry did not respond to a request for comment. China on Thursday defended its stance on the Ukraine conflict as being on the right side of history after a U.S. warning that Beijing's unwillingness to sanction Russia could affect its relations with other economies. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman Zhao Lijian on Thursday insisted China's stance was objective and impartial, saying Russia's legitimate security concerns should be respected. He added that time will prove that China's position is on the right side of history. Russian President Vladimir Putin said on Thursday that Moscow would work to redirect its energy exports eastward as Europe tries to reduce its reliance on them. 
adding that European nations would not be able to ditch Russian gas immediately. While the EU debates whether to slap sanctions on Russian gas and oil and member states seek supplies from elsewhere, the Kremlin has been forging closer ties with China, the world's largest energy consumer, and other Asian countries. Putin also said that Europe, by talking about cutting off energy supplies from Russia, was driving up prices and destabilizing the market. The European Union has closed a loophole that allowed EU governments to export weapons worth tens of millions of euros to Russia last year alone, despite an embargo which took effect in 2014 after Russia annexed Ukraine's Crimea region. EU countries last year sold to Russia weapons and ammunition worth $42.3 million, according to the latest data made available by the EU Commission. The EU had banned the export of arms to Moscow in July of 2014 in reaction to Russia's annexation of Crimea, but a clause in the sanctions permitted the sales under contracts signed before August 2014. The United Nations has offered devastating details on the global effects of the war in Ukraine, a three-dimensional crisis upending the flow of food, energy, and money around the world. In its first official report on the war's impact, the UN said the war in Ukraine was having, quote, alarming, cascading effects on a global economy already battered by the pandemic and climate change. The report said that up to 1.7 billion people, a third of whom are already living in poverty, now face food, energy, and finance disruptions. The UK will send asylum seekers who attempt to cross the English Channel to Rwanda for processing after sealing a £120 million deal with the Rwandan government. Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced the deal in a speech Thursday in Kent in which he argued Britain cannot sustain a parallel immigration system, along with its post-Brexit points-based system, because it creates unsustainable pressure for the UK taxpayer and is unfair to those applying to settle in Britain through safe and legal routes. There are two things that I think are worth noting about this. The first is that Rwanda is being used by other European countries for processing as well. This is very similar to America's Remain in Mexico policy, which has asylum seekers and refugees processed in Mexico rather than the United States. These out-of-sight, out-of-mind solutions often lead to poor conditions, slow processing times, and additional immiseration. But as long as the domestic audience doesn't see it, it's not a problem for leaders. Second, the issues around displaced people will only get worse in the coming years. As we just discussed with the UN report, the pandemic, climate change, and the impact of the war in Ukraine are impacting up to 566 million people already in poverty around the globe. Industrialized nations must work quickly to build a more effective system to handle displaced people moving forward that puts human rights first. or they risk further inhumane failures, creating a permanent refugee crisis. Frustration is growing among German Chancellor Olaf Scholz's junior coalition partners over what they say are shortcomings in his leadership on Ukraine, an internal rift that risks undermining Western unity against Russia. Seven weeks into the war, the junior Greens and liberal free democratic parties in Scholz's coalition 
are vexed that Berlin is not meeting Ukrainian pleas to send it more heavy weapons amid warnings from Kyiv that Russia is ramping up for a major offensive in Ukraine's south and east. Last week, Ukraine's ambassador to Berlin accused the German government of half-hearted support for Kyiv and said his country had become a victim of Germany's shameful reliance on Russian oil and gas. That's all the news we have for you this week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at udb at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the Ukraine Daily Brief. So go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the Ukraine Daily Brief from the Deep State Radio Network.